0: The Chiefs are the four-seed, and the offense stunk it up again. Do they need to go find help?
1: Let's talk about it. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. I would like to welcome you all into an extremely... Very
0: live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by M Price Bank Member FDIC. Our wonderful partners in possible here at KC Sports Network. Oh, another loss. I feel I'm I'm I do not have the same energy I had last time. Just so you got last night, guys. Just so you know, last time or last night? Okay, last a lot of times. It's It's been a lot of times.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Hi, Matt. Sub. Hey, no, Bill. (laughs) I'm <laughs> <We're> doing great.
2: <laughs> okay, just want to make sure. I just want to make sure you were feeling pretty good because uh, you know this is gonna be a this is gonna be a fantastic show. I'm sure everybody is having a fantastic time, ready to talk about this Chiefs' loss to the Green Bay Packers, how they have fallen all the way to the last spot of the conference winners in the AFC, what that means going forward, and you know how they will climb their their, their way out of this uh out of this hole crack.
3: Yeah, uh, they're not going to be in the last spot for long. Um, I just don't see them <laughs> minimum in a week. That last spot, uh, yeah, minimum <laughs> a week. But I just don't foresee that the Miami Dolphins, Baltimore Ravens, Jacksonville Jaguars are going to win out. I, I don't. I we talked about the Chiefs are. I, I didn't say that. I'm just saying that they're not going to be in the last spot in the the conference championships there. And uh, as Maddie so aptly put before this show started, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs would currently host the Pittsburgh Steelers in the first round of the NFL playoffs and then travel to play the Miami Dolphins. And frankly, I I feel okay about both of those as a Chiefs fan.
2: Yeah, that's not a bad path, right? Like that's, that's the- not bad. Uh, that's not a terrible path. Like it's bad. Now, now, Here's the problem: the Chiefs can absolutely lose to both of those teams.
3: Yeah,
0: sure. That's, that's the a- issue. I think it's kind of wild because you guys, because Maddie, you didn't want to talk about this to start the show, and Craig just led the show with it. I but know. It's I'm so disappointed. Trying to like, <laughs> like, there's there's a lot of reasons that this team could lose. You know, before the Super Bowl, during the Super, whatever, during the playoff run in some capacity. Their two top contenders from last season aren't even in the playoffs. If They won't this, be, and probably well, won't be after they win this upcoming week. Stop it! Uh, Wait, and, and next show. And there's a lot of teams that like I'm not scared of in the AFC picture right now. So I don't yeah, like. I there's a lot of teams that yeah. aren't scared of the Kansas City Chiefs.
2: I ask you a question: <laughs> Which teams in the AFC are scared of the Chiefs besides the Chargers? Who in the AFC, in the Raiders, Chargers and Raiders, is there a single other team in the AFC scared of the Chiefs?
3: Uh, I think the Dolphins are a little scared.
2: You think so? Yeah, they don't beat. They lost They lost on a incomplete pass that was called a fumble that was then lateraled and returned for a touchdown. <laughs> and then a bad snap. When a guy was wide open streaking down the field, like and and the Chiefs they, won, you can't take
0: it away. They, just are they scared? They, they lose to good teams, and the playoffs is just going that's to be true. full of good teams. So the the that's Dolphins that's haven't that's beat a good team yet. That's uh that's The Jags are scared of the Chiefs because they're they that they're their daddy. Um, uh, they buy don't buy that. They own them. Yeah, they own them. They own Dougie P. and Trevor. Uh, Baltimore. I don't know. Jim Harbaugh's Not or, scared. Don Harbaugh's crazy. Steelers are terrified of offense. No, they're not. So, <laughs> good thing they're playing the Chiefs? Um, Colts, Browns. Yeah. Not scared, not scared. Okay. Well,
2: but, leg- but legitimately, in years past, your team's going to play the Chiefs like, oh my god, we have to empty the playbook, put out our absolute best game it to ever possibly beat be them. Anymore. It was everybody's Super Bowl every single week. Like, it's the playoffs, so it's going to matter, but I'm just saying, like, right now, playing a random game Nobody besides the Raiders and the Chargers are afraid of the Chiefs. Like that doesn't, it doesn't matter to anybody besides those two teams. That's all. Like I just think the Chiefs have kind of gotten to a point to where they are just another good team instead of the good team.
0: Yes. And that is the weird thing that we're all dealing with. Cause I think this is I was thinking about this today, because we've all seen Super Bowl, AFC, Arrowhead Invitational teams for the last five years. We know what it looks like when a team is just that good that consistent, that, you know, very much in it. And uh, we look, we're talking about the still betting favorites to win the AFC, okay? But I think Chiefs fans have all seen what it looks like when a team is got the ceiling capable of being a Super Bowl champion. And this team, while they can do it, does not look like the ceiling type team that we have witnessed in the entirety of the Patrick Mahomes era it looks like a team that might ruin the arrowhead invitational streak it looks like a team that this they might you know they might fall and not be the one seed and you know maybe it's they have to travel for the AFC championship game or they just flat don't make it this team looks different than what chiefs fans are accustomed to and it's a step back and it is the worst team in the Patrick Mahomes era. Um,
2: Probably, right? I, it is. There's no probably. It's the worst yeah. offense in the Patrick Mahomes it's era. It's definitely the worst offense. I was just trying to the parse out the team because I think we are going to do a defensive overreaction to what they look like against the Green Bay Packers, and pretend that that one-game sample size is going to overrule everything else they've been. Like It's clearly, by far and away, the best defense a team has had that's far and away the worst offense they have had under Patrick Mahomes. I just I, I wonder where it balances out. I guess the flip side is with especially with Steve Spagnolo, you've known once the playoffs hit down the stretch, you know it's gonna be a turn it's gonna turn the corner. That defense that's gonna be near the league bottom to, for the first half of the year is going to round the corner and become average to above average and to be situationally really good when the games start to matter. I don't know if the offense gets there. So like yeah, it probably evens out to being the worst team they have had, while well, Patrick Mahomes has been the starting quarterback, just because, like, what's the growth? And, like, actually, I think there's some positive growth, maybe offensive, we can talk about from the Packers game sure. a little bit later. But, like, it, it, you're still not getting the high end of the defense, that the improvement to the defense throughout the years gave you in years past. You watch the Chiefs defense down the stretch in years past, like, oh, on every third down, they're going to give Joe Burrow hell on every third down they're going to sack Josh Allen or make him freak out on every, you know i mean like you just you had you found this like comfort in knowing that they are going to do this or that very well then what is the offense going to do very well when the game's on the line right now commit penalties we know that and that's about it right i mean that, that that's what they're going to do when the, when they have the ball the game's on the line so there's just a lack of confidence for sure in the squad yeah
3: yeah kid Let's talk about our raffle real quick. This is the last day to get this in. Why don't you tell the people what they need to know
0: and how to donate to the Solar Casey? I love how you just you couldn't do it. That's okay. I'm excited to talk about the Solar Casey raffle. It is our big push every Christmas time to try to help kids that maybe aren't going to have the same kind of holidays that some of you might be. And it's something that's very special. to us. something we've been doing since we launched KC Sports Network. It's our third annual edition. One ticket for $20, five tickets for $50, 15 tickets for $100, 25 tickets and a gift for $150. It enters you into a raffle to win all kinds of incredible Chiefs prizes, signed mini helmets from players like Mahomes, Karloftis, Chris Jones, Trent McDuffie, Travis Kelsey, Derek Johnson, and more. Uh, All kinds of restaurants have, have jumped in it's just a really cool um it's a really cool, you know, thing that we've been doing. And it all goes to operation breakthrough. I believe a hundred percent of the money goes to operation breakthrough. Like we don't like we're very efficient. The KCSN Foundation is very efficient. Um but um you can you can go to the uh KC Sports Network Venmo uh, at KC Sports Network. You can go to givebutter.com slash KCS and sold the links. Or uh, to donate, are in the description of this show, and this is your last chance to do it. We're going to be uh, doing the drawing soon, so make sure you're taking advantage of that opportunity and helping kids that need it uh, badly. So please consider donating. Thank you all so much for uh, for anybody that already has. We really appreciate it. We'll shout anybody out that donates during the show, as we always do. Thank you, Kent. That was that totally was awesome, but you're just really yeah. good at it and I'm terrible at
3: it and stumble all False. over my words. And I just don't want anybody to be
0: misdirected on such an important task. Mm. Yeah, I mean there are a lot of names to pronounce, so Yeah. That is yeah. a good that is a good point. Huh. That is a good point. Um Okay, so you know I think yeah, less frustrated. I'm still mad and sad and angry. I'm just, you know, like, I'm still frustrated. Obviously, like, time heals a little bit. <laughs>
2: uh, okay, but here, I, here. Do we want to talk about the game? Do we want to talk about something
0: fun? Where
2: do you want to go, Kent?
0: I wanted to talk about what we titled this show.
2: What, right, something fun? Let's have fun. Everybody had a little bit of not fun last night. It, I was it, getting... You, fun. You, you. Do you not trust me to get to that? <laughs> I don't. I really don't.
3: I do. That's why I let you read
0: the the sponsor Clearly. ad, buddy. I was leading into okay. that, Matthew. Thank you to Jack Richards. Oh, well, yeah, Jack Richards. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that, Jack. And all this, any, any of those donations, the Super Chat donations will go uh, to the KCSN Foundation as well to help us um, with that as well. So thank you for that. Anyways, I'm going to continue, Matthew.
2: Oh, yeah, you're welcome.
0: Uh, Last night was really rough. I think I'm out of it. Uh, You know, it's still frustrating. It's still sad. And now it's time to look forward. It's time to look forward is what I was going to say. You know, we can talk about Rasheed Rice. We can talk about, you know, hey, look, they found ways to get him involved with really easy completions. And he did great stuff with the eight catches, 64 yards, nine targets. That's a path to success. Um, I know some people are getting frustrated about, like, him within the confines of the offense. I understand it. Um, But I do think, you know, there's a tight end that's out there. 33-year-old tight end. Been playing for the Arizona Cardinals for the last couple years. Just asked for his release. Zach Ertz is a free agent looking to go to a, a contender. And obviously, he is not a wide receiver. But he is a pass catcher that has a ton of experience, that can read coverages, that understands coverages and route adjustments. Oh, and by the way, he played for Doug Peterson in his career. I mean, Zacherts, Matthew, what say you?
2: Oh, man. So, I, I've i been all over the place with this one. Um, When Zacherts yeah. first, yeah, when Zacherts first, you know, got released and the whole point was he wanted to go to a contender, the Chiefs were immediately floated as one of the names. Was, uh, for Bills, Chiefs, Ravens, Eagles have been the the most common teams, I believe, that I have heard for a potential landing spot. And So the Chiefs were floated, and like my first thought when I saw it is, man, I don't know. I don't know if he has a lot of juice left. I think Noah Gray, when he is involved in the offense, is pretty good. I don't think Zach Ertz is going to come in and do what Blake Bell does. Not that Blake Bell's great, but Blake Bell can block, and Zach Ertz has never been much of a blocker. So, like, I just... I don't know if it helps. I don't know if Zach Ertz is any... I don't know if you put Zach Ertz on the field with Kelsey and Gray, or with Kelsey and Bell, you get any better. Like, and if it is, it's marginal. So, like, I, I was kind of against it. I just didn't get it. I'm done. I'm done watching sky more run routes. I don't care if it's all tight ends. They can field 12 tight ends for all I care. If it means you don't have to watch those two guys out there, bring in every tight end that has ever proven that they can catch a football, that they can run a route. Like, bring them on. Please, overpay. Pay more than what anybody else will for one year because they need somebody. Like, they need somebody else. And I like Noah Gray. Again, when Noah Gray's involved, he seems to do well, but it seems kind of hard to get Noah Gray involved consistently. It seems like the Chiefs have had better success, and this is just anecdotal. Like, I have no stats to back this up, but it feels like they've had a better done a better job of getting some other tight end twos involved over the years, and they have Noah Gray this year. So maybe Zach Ertz can give them a little some. Maybe he can provide them a little Juju Smith-Schuster, like, secondary, reliable player, bring him on. Not even because I, again, don't know how big the gap of improvement is, but if he can get NVS or Sky more off the field for just a couple more snaps a game, it is a net positive. Bring Zacherts in for that reason alone.
3: I have not been on the same journey that Maddie was on. I was always in for Zacherts. Like, I, <laughs> I was. Like, when he got cut, I went, oh, look, it is a receiver that will run routes on time within the progression at the middle it. of like, the field. I don't need anything much more than that right now because nobody else can. Like, I get it. Zach Ertz isn't going to break somebody off and create a whole bunch of separation. That's not happening. I'm not expecting that Zach Ertz now all of a sudden is going to walk in here, catch 50 passes, have 500 yards receiving. That That's not it at all. I want another option as Patrick Mahomes is going through his progressions on time that is open, that is in the spot that needs to be, that isn't overlapping somebody else, that is not crushing somebody else's space, you know, pulling somebody else into the play, it doesn't matter. You can run more things with Zach Ertz than you can with other players. Yes, he is old. Yes, he's probably going to make Travis Kelsey look like he's moving very fluidly when he's really not right now, but it will be on time, and it will be at the right depth and it will read leverage properly. That's what you're going to get. And at this point, that is the lowest bar to clear for a wide receiver or a pass catcher in this offense, and it's needed because nobody else is doing that regularly. Zach Ertz can, and he comes from, as Kent alluded to, Doug Peterson offense. He's going to be familiar with some of the terminology. He's going to be able to walk in and play quicker than bringing in another guy. Like, there are, Guys on the street that will be, you know, uh, Jarvis Landry is getting thrown around here in the chat. You know, a, a guy that is old, sure can't move. Like, but again, on time, being at the right depth on time at the top of Patrick Mahomes' drop. That's that's what's needed right now. Being able to call normal passing routes and not just consistently have to throw bubble, 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 screen, bubble, bubble, bubble over and over and over again, like. Give me somebody that they can trust a little bit more, that has a little bit more expansive route tree, even if it's a tight end route tree. I don't care. Bring somebody else in that can try and get a little bit of spark on this, even if he can't block. Just get somebody out there that'll be
0: on time at the right depth. Well, and I mean, I like Noah Gray. I'm a big Noah Gray fan. This isn't even knocking Noah Gray. Noah Gray, for what he is, is a fantastic draft pick. Chiefs did a great job trading up for him he's a go football player this team is very lucky to have him Zach Ertz has just a more natural advanced feel for the game of football that this team just so badly needs and it's the it's it's zone identification it's routed you know it's it's you know like like all of what Craig just laid out and I do think that there is a way for Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz to very easily coexist within an offensive play calling structure. No problem. I'm going to use a line. I'm going to use a, a, a phrase that gets used in baseball a lot for Zach Ertz. He lengthens the lineup. Okay. He adds someone into the batting order so that your seven holds your eight hole, your eight holds your nine hole, and Sky Moore's off the field. What? Um, no, I, I just, I think it it, it, re- it reduces, you know, the pressure, the snaps required for different players and just kind of opens things up and gives, you know, it just, it it reduces the responsibilities a little bit of everybody else. It lightens that load. And I think that's what this team, yeah, I think that's what this team needs. You know, if you can play more 12 personnel because you got three really viable tight ends, like, what does that do for your receiver room? Does that help? You know, like, I, I think... Maddie's gonna advocate for thirteen <laughs> personnel. I can see it on his face. <laughs> they're they're leaning into it a little more. Why not?
2: <laughs> yes, I mean, thirteen personnel plus Rasheed Rice, and you have your best pass catchers on the field, right? Like, yeah, heck with, who needs a vertical threat? This team has no vertical threat anyway. MVS just does out there does ballerina spins instead of running the route. So like you might as well just go with fourteen personnel, have a bunch of short to intermediate guys. Hey, don't aim for like high EPA per play. Just try to have the best success rate in the league by completing a bunch of five to six yard passes over and over again. And like, yeah, that that's what your offense has to be this year. They've lost any any ability to be dynamic on offense this year, except for when they play the Packers, because they forgot that Travis Kelsey, you know, goes and sits in the middle of the field, and they could not stop the run. And like that allowed the Chiefs to be a little bit more dynamic on offense. Than they've been for weeks. But like most other teams are taking that away. They're going to have to march down the field on 10 play drives and adding Zach Ertz 100% gives you the second most reliable guy on this team behind Travis Kelsey, just in terms of catching the ball when it comes his way, probably understanding the most coverages, the most adjustments, just being the most reliable. So yeah, I don't think he necessarily raises. And I would said before this past game, I still had hope that things are going to get better and he didn't really raise the ceiling, maybe the floor a tiny bit. Now, It's the floor and the ceiling because they're it's just not coming together downfield. So just like I, you can't really scrap it, but for all intents and purposes, scrap anything downfield and just get guys that can win in the areas that you can even attempt to put the ball to. They need to find help somewhere, and I just at this point, I don't think MVS is going to show up and start being the MVS of last year. I don't think Skymore is going to all of a sudden turn the corner. I don't think Rasheed Rice is all of a sudden going to become a, right now this year, become a super reliable, dynamic route runner. He's going to be a guy that you put the ball in his hands to be great, to do great things, mm-hmm. but he's not going to go out there and create separation at a Brandon Ayuk level. He's not going to go out there and run routes like Justin Jefferson or even close this year. It's like, where's the improvement coming from if you don't go get Zach Ertz? Travis Kelsey isn't getting younger. He's not going to get less beat up during this season. Where's the improvement in the passing game if it's not somebody like Ertz? Or to Craig's point, if Jarvis Landry can run it all anymore. I don't know. But like, if he can still run yeah, it uh, all. I, d- I don't, uh, yeah. True. Yeah, I don't,
3: just, I don't think yeah. that that's going to happen. But again, think we're, we are talking about, and I think the thing that people get hung up with with a guy, adding a guy like Ertz is, well, that's not That's not going to move the needle. Now, all of a sudden, they're not going to be a great offense. It's like there's nobody out there that's going to make them a great offense anymore. You are looking for marginal gains at best. And right now, that's a guy that knows the offense well enough and can walk in and be a marginal gain at best. Might be the exact same that they've got going on right now. But frankly, with him on the roster, they're probably going to have to move on from somebody else. And there are pass catchers on this team Probably shouldn't be on this team anymore. So like they haven't proven it. They haven't shown enough. It's time. You can move on from these guys and be okay with where you're sitting. You can't be worse. Like that's the thing. It is an almost no-risk move from that perspective because it won't make you worse. And it's going to cost vet men, you know, especially if there's any sort of offset language in his contract, like it's gonna be super cheap like no money at all and at this point beggars can't be choosers like they need somebody and they need something to make this offense better and he he is one of the few guys that has shown a little bit of juice maybe not as lately but a little bit of juice maybe more so than other players on this
0: team and it's it's not that they need juice for, they don't even need juice from Zacharias. they just need consistency and he can do that. like he's still got that in him. like he's he not can. good hands smart like they, he has those things like he still had him in in Arizona and I'm I'm gonna get not not dark, but like we also have at least need to acknowledge that Travis Kelsey's not been healthy this year. Travis Kelsey is 34 years old. And adding a little bit more Travis Kelsey insurance to this offense probably doesn't stink either. And maybe the help comes with, you know, helping limit Travis Kelsey's reps just a little bit more too. And just, you know, helping keep him fresh because he was struggling. I mean, you remember the last drive of the Super Bowl? Like, you just could see it on him. And so, yeah, there's just, there's way too many reasons why this team should do this. Um, Now... Hopefully Zach Ertz sees him as the Super Bowl contender because a bunch of other good teams are in the mix there for them as well. But um I, I would like to see Zach Ertz in a Chiefs uniform. I think it's a really smart idea. Um and I think it could provide a lot of consistency um and and support for a quarterback that needs it. I would real quick and then we can move on. I just I I think they need more throws over the middle of the field, more easy completions over the middle of the field and they don't have them. They have them those they have some of those routes to tr- the Kelsey and the intermediate. I'd like to see more short passes, you know, in the middle of the field the way this team has kind of been able to get those going. They just they don't have that right now in their arsenal. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this.
2: What's up Chiefs Kingdom? This is Tucker Franklin from KC Sports Network. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure to follow us and subscribe for more Chiefs content wherever you get your podcast. If you want to support us further, you can shop the latest collection of KC Sports Network merch in partnership with Sandlot Goods. You can find hats, shirts, hoodies, and more at sandlotgoods.com. You can click the link in the description for more
4: information. Say hello to a stressless holiday season with the help of HelloFresh. Skip the grocery store and save time with easy, tasty recipes delivered straight to your door. Spend your time this holiday season shopping for gifts and sipping cocoa, not stuck in the checkout line. Sign up for HelloFresh and get everything you need to whip up a fresh, tasty meal delivered to your door. Just choose your recipes, select a delivery date, and relax knowing dinner is on the way. You can make hosting this holiday season a joy rather than a hassle with the help of HelloFresh Market. From crowd-pleasing charcuterie boards to photo-worthy desserts, it's easy to add these party-pleasers to your weekly order, saving you so much time. With how easy HelloFresh makes it with all the ingredients, it can also be an opportunity to cook with your family during this season and make things fun with your family. Go to HelloFresh.com slash KCSNFree and use code KCSNFree for free breakfast for life. That's one breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash KCSNFree with code KCSNFree. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. The holiday season can be a time of great joy and celebration, but it can also bring extra added stress to your life. Whether that's stress from traveling, stress from spending time with family, or financial stress, it can be a time of ups and downs this time of season during the holidays. This time of year, you might be spending a lot of time thinking about others, getting gifts for your family or friends, but it can also be the right time for you to think about yourself as well. That could mean going easy on yourself in tough moments. A great option to help yourself through tough times this holiday season could be therapy. It can help you talk through tough times in your life. It can help you prepare emotionally for things you might experience in your life and help keep you grounded during what could be a stressful holiday season. It can be helpful in learning positive coping skills or how to set boundaries, and it can empower you to be the best version of yourself. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash KCSN today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash KCSN for 10% off your first month.
1: Hey, everyone. This is BJ Kissel. We'll get right back to the show. I just need a minute to share some important news, but as always, thank you for the support. The KCSN Foundation just launched our third annual Soul of KC Holiday Raffle and Toy Drive, and it benefits Operation Breakthrough's Christmas Store. This campaign has raised more than $35,000 over the past two years, helping provide a better Christmas for kids in our community. And it's simple. We sell raffle tickets for a chance to win any of the more than 20 fantastic prizes that we have available this year. It's things like a Travis Kelsey autographed full-size Chiefs helmet, or a Chris Jones autographed jersey, a George Karloftis jersey. How about a Patrick Mahomes autographed mini helmet? We've got gift cards to local restaurants like Capitol Grill, Mission Taco Joint, or Third Street Social. You can find the full list of prizes on our social media accounts, or you can click the link in the description of this show. Again, all of the proceeds go to buying presents for Operation Breakthrough's Christmas store, and you can get tickets now through December 4th. Help us continue to help others, because that's what the KCSN Foundation
5: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: Matthew? One you want to talk about?
3: Don't don't talk about him he he wants you to talk about him don't don't do it
2: okay uh, we do need to talk about Wandy Morris. but first we we have a we have a super chat question we got to answer this like okay. uh, you, you throw these out here you got to answer these it's from uh Gina Chiefs how uh, for how are first of all thank you we appreciate it we really we really do appreciate it um how are CJ Stroud and his wide receivers and loves and his wide receivers running timely correct routes and catches when ours can't do they need Eric, do they need Eric the enemy back to pull players who can't play, put them on the bench, and so on and so forth? So like what what do you guys see as the reason for other young quarterbacks with young receiving options are able to run a functioning offense and the Chiefs cannot with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and their young wide receivers?
0: Go right ahead, Kent. Well, I, I think there's like some sch- some schematic differences between how those two teams are running things and how, you know, the Chiefs aren't. You know, those are two heavy under center play action teams. And I don't think it's as much route adjustments as it is, you know, route, you know, route design and throwing out a play action. Um, this offense is a lot more complex. And there are a lot more options and adjustments that can be made. There's a lot more, you know, diversity in in formations. There's a lot more diversity in the depth of the playbook. Andy Reid historically has not taken any pressure off of his players and he's decided he likes to try to throw the book at this then. Now, I think the upside to all of that is you can be less predictable when it matters the most in January. Whereas some of these offense might become a little bit more stale when it times when it comes time, you know, to try and win a Super Bowl. So the drawback is yes, there's a lot of early season regular season success happening with those offenses, with those quarterbacks, but it can become more predictable, and the options are going to lessen when these games matter the most, which is why, I mean, Spags has put some of these kind of guys through hell during playoffs. So that's my long-winded answer. I mean... Yeah,
2: go ahead, Greg.
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take it the other direction. A lot of the coaches you know, kind of orchestrating those wide receivers and those offenses have been around for a long time. And they kind of fit into some of these roles. Like Ben McDaniels, who is Josh McDaniels' younger brother, I believe, he is the wide receivers coach for the Houston Texans. He's been a wide receivers coach multiple times throughout his career in Rutgers, you know, college level, row level. He, he's he got experience doing a lot of that. Then you've also got Jason Vrabel, who is you know the Green Bay Packers wide receivers coach and has been since 2020. He was with the Bills before as an offensive coach. He's worked with Charleston, Syracuse at that lower level. I'm not trying to single out Connor Embry here, but they've got a little more experience taking young players at the collegiate level, training them to come up to speed in collegiate offenses. They've got experience training these individuals at a professional level, and training them to come up in a professional offense. So they get to come and relate to these guys in a very specific way that the Chiefs don't have right now. And the Chiefs haven't had in a little while. And it's kind of, you've kind of seen some of the results. When Andy puts all that stuff on their plate, it's kind of trial by fire. Like, you're going to get it, or you're not, and you're not going to play. And so that's why they've leaned on some veteran receivers a little bit more, those guys that do get it. They really get it, and they explode because they're able to get into open spaces and run this offense at a really high clip. This is not a situation where, with all these young players, you want somebody that can't do some of that. And who knows if Connor Embry will get to that point at any point. I don't know if we're going to find out in Kansas City, but as it stands right now, they've got guys that are specially equipped from the collegiate level and the professional level to sit down and make this happen and make this transition a lot easier for their young wide receiver.
2: And I think you guys covered a lot of it. I think a big part for me, you can even take it farther up, take it to the offensive designer. Andy Reid's offense right now, It's one, it's West Coast-based, but then now there's a lot more about attacking space. It's very fluid. It's constantly kind of changing even within a play, within a game, however you want to put it, right? So it's not overly... It's very detailed, it's very nuanced, but within the play, once the ball is snapped, not everything is instructed, it is coached down to the very T, to the very exact blade of grass that you're supposed to do stuff. Guess where, you know, which coaching tree the Jordan Love and the Packers and CJ Stroud and the Texans are coming from? The Kyle Shanahan coaching tree, and guess what? Those guys want to control every single thing they possibly can. Holy cow, yeah. Tell me their wide receivers aren't running to run a dig route to you know just to find the open space to bend around the curl defender and then find the open space but rather they are running it to 12 yards to start their break no deeper than 14 coming out you were coming out hard after 3 steps reading the coverage to figure out if you're extending or sitting down and you're going to know exactly where you sit or sit down every single play like th- there's probably that probably happens right there's probably a huge difference in how they coach every single route versus how the Chiefs coach every single route and i can say hey Super Bowl rings, right? And say, Andy Reid's way is at bad. It's just this year, we are seeing, I think, wide receivers that don't have the talent to do it the way they do. And I don't know what it would look like if you switched receiver rooms. I have a hard time believing that the Packers wide receivers from what we've seen would be worse in Kansas City. Oh, no. Any wide receivers. I have a hard time believing that Tank Dell couldn't find some success in Kansas City. If he was here. So it's like, I, we don't know how it plays out, but I think there's a difference in how the offensive systems control what a wide receiver does. There's a lot more freedom in the current Andy Reid system that any of those players get in their systems. And at this point, because the talent level at the position has dipped so drastically, it might be a detriment to the team. And like, again, you can't be too mad at the system because it's clearly worked. But this year, it's, you know, maybe, maybe it's over its skis a little bit. Maybe it's out ahead of itself just a little too far with the type of talent they have. They need to dial it back and get a little bit more nuance, a little bit more detail, a little bit less freedom in some of the stuff and focus on the very minute details that some of these other teams that are having success with similar supporting casts can't.
0: I just saw a clip of Marquez Valdez-Scantling running into the safety on the vertical route again. I just got angry right. again.
2: Because he releases outside the corner and then he it's- wraps around him to get to the safety. Go get up. You can't drift into the middle of the field. That's not no, 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 no. You're supposed to run to the defenders. That's how you get DPI, right? No. Um, apparently not. No. Oh wait. <laughs> did you okay. I don't want to do a ref thing, but like did you see the, the report afterwards of why that was not DPI is because the ref who was staring right at it said, Oh, we didn't think that impacted his ability to catch the football?
0: Yeah. You mean okay. the whole having an entire NFL player on his back, which I realize that everybody's made this joke already, but are they wrong? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) they said, "Well, MVS wasn't going to catch that anyway."
2: (laughs) Okay, so that was that was. I mean, not a fun tangent, but like I, that question is one that we get a lot. I think for just everybody asks, like, "Well, hey, you see all these other young quarterbacks and wide receivers working? Why can't this team?" There's there's a couple different reasons that could be the case, Um, and and you know, I mean, I think we tried to lay them out. So now. We can get back to the topic where Kent was trying to steer this ship. Wanya Morris, he got to start a whole half, plus an extra drive in the first half, whew, I thought he looked pretty good. I, I I wrote a whole article for him on the KCS and Substack, so like anybody that really wants, you know, to get to get the nitty gritty, I, I wrote about that. That'll be posting tomorrow morning, so make sure you jump over there. Um, we talk, you know, it talks all about how I thought he did, and more or less like I think it ends with this, and this is what I want to ask you guys: Do you think? The Chiefs should start Wanya Morris for the rest of the season. But do you think that Chi- will the Chiefs start Wanya Morris for the rest of the season? Because are two different questions. Oh, do I get to
3: answer first? Because I, I, I have answers for yes. both of those.
0: Oh, yeah, they you should. absolutely do.
3: They absolutely should. And I actually answered one of these questions on 21 questions that we'll be posting shortly, uh, early this week here. Um, I don't think he will. And I don't think he will because Andy Reid is a player's coach. Andy Reid is going to try like hell to get Donovan Smith another contract, and if all things are equal, and that is a big if, there, if Donovan Smith is hurt, rest him. If if he's not playing well, you put him on the bench. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to condone that he should start no matter what. But if these two players, in the Andy's minds, both Andy Reid and Andy Heck, are playing at an roughly equivalent value, Donovan Smith is going to play. And Andy Reid is going to do that so that he can hope that Donovan Smith gets another contract next year. He tries to take care of guys. That's why guys love playing for him. They, they, he consistently prioritizes getting them paid. He's talked about it multiple times before when people ask him about contract situations. Basically, he says, "You know, it's, it's, I'm a facilitator. I want everybody to get paid. I want everybody to make all the money in the world because you know, it's not his money. He, he's more than happy getting there. And if he can facilitate somebody like a Donovan Smith, get a new contract next year and a big contract next year somewhere else, they've got Wanya Morris for another four years. They they will be more than happy to slow play it three more years after this. But, you know, they, it's a four-year deal, Kent. That's what I meant. So, I didn't say anything. I, yeah, you <laughs> you just signaled. You just signaled. The audio listener, I don't, I don't want anybody to cast this Washington, Washington there. <laughs> but, anyway, no, they, that's what I think. I think he should but I don't know that he will if all things are equal.
0: Oh, boy. What a loaded question. Do you... It, well, <laughs> do we think that the right idea for the Chiefs' offense is to bench the veteran who's probably playing through something?
3: I I think definitely. Like, and, and wincing. And yeah, limping.
0: yeah. I mean... And, like, it, it, I think it depends on Mahomes, right? Like, I think it's up to Mahomes. Like, and that sounds dumb. Mm. But I don't know if I really want him worrying about a rookie left tackle when he's worrying about everything else yes. that's been happening all season. And so I just don't I, – I get it, and I understand it. And Donovan Smith's been bad lately, like actively a problem. Like real bad, I get it. Hundred percent understand what you're, where you're coming from, and it's like he looks hurt and he's on the ground looking hurt, and it's ugly. It is the it it, it looks like some of what we saw last year in Tampa Bay, um. But man, like I just I don't know if you. I, it just I, I don't know if if Mahomes doesn't feel comfortable adding another thing to think about. I mean, I don't know.
2: I get it. I I, I kind of ended it with like this. And this is a spoiler, you know. This, is, but this is just the end. Andy Reid doesn't like to replace veteran, like to replace veterans with rookies until it becomes undeniable that the rookie is better. Here's the problem: Wanya Morris is undeniably better as a run blocker than whatever Donovan Smith is this year. That's the issue. That's that run blocking with with tackle now. on the
0: team. He he.
2: That's the that's issue funny. right now. Yeah. Donovan Smith is getting runs blown up because he can't. When they ask him to kick out a defensive end that's lined up right in front of his face, he can't do it. Once he gets to them, if he gets to them, he makes contact and then loses it immediately and the rushing lane disappears. Wanya Morris is getting contact, then he's driving his hips after it, so when they have him block out an outside zone or inside zone to his side, he's creating massive lanes or space for movement to be made by Joe Tooney and Creed Humphrey to drive guys out. Like, he's making the space that Donovan Smith does. Donovan Smith has more tackles than he does good pass blocks. In the past three weeks, on his own team, like Pacheco's run into him more times than I think he's blown somebody off the ball in the past couple weeks. It's just I, he's undeniably better as a run blocker. And with what we've seen from this Chiefs passing team or passing game, should they should that not be enough? Is that enough? Yeah. I agree with Kate. If Mahomes is uncomfortable with the rookie over there, then you're not going to do it. But I, they already helped Donovan Smith a ton with chips. What difference does it help do to help Wanya Morris a ton with chips and then get a better run blocker? Like. I just that's where I go to like he, there's a clear plus plus to one of those two names and the other one is and hey I've seen Donovan Smith get absolutely torched off play action pass protection assignments and stunts this year so it's not like you're not having I don't want to say rookie mistakes but you're not having like miscommunications from Donovan Smith as is so I have a hard time making the case for Smith other than he's more trusted by Mahomes which should probably carry 51% of the weight and this yeah. is I, I was I no. It
3: probably carries forty nine with the with Andy Heck carrying the other fifty one percent. Like that, that's (laughs) part of it. We have seen team keep guys on the field because Andy Heck really likes the way they play, and yeah, that that matters. That matters a lot. Now they are trusting Juanne Morris as left tackle. Like period. Yeah, they're they have guys that they could. Go out and rely on. We talked a lot about how, well, Wanya Morris might be a third string tackle during the preseason because, frankly, as the preseason went along, he did not look great, especially at left tackle. And now, at the very first opportunity here, what happens? Yes, I know Prince Tiguanogo was hurt, but at the very first opportunity, Wanya Morris is the first guy up. If they did not trust that he was doing things correctly in practice, that would not be the case at all. And not only is he doing things well, he's coming into the game, and both times, the very first snap that he comes into the game, what do they do? They run right behind him, and he paves the way for Isaiah Pacheco. So, like, they're trusting him. They know what they have in that. That's not a coincidence. It's not like, oh, we had this play called already. We were going to lean on this already. No, Andy Reid sees that he's putting in a backup offensive tackle What's he going to do? He's going to try and move the pocket away from him. He's going to try and protect that guy a little bit, chip help a little bit. You're going to see a lot more focus on help towards that guy. Nope. He comes in the game. They say, we're going to run the ball right behind him and we're going to do it with success. So it, I think that they can lean on that a little bit more. It's One of those is we looked at this offense and the level of execution that they have to have in the passing game right now to be successful and we kind of talked about how it would be nice if they integrated a little more run game. If you're going to do that, we know who the guy is at the tackle position. It, it's Juania Morris.
0: They, can we talk about how Isaiah Pacheco got bended like a pretzel and then just came in and played like... I was
3: going to talk about that in the post game, and then he threw the punch, and we just did... There was a lot of stuff evolving. Yeah.
0: <laughs> man, just... Yeah. we talk, man, he just... We talk about how Isaiah Pacheco got bent like a pencil, came back in, and then punched somebody in the face. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my man! Like glute ham raised his body weight
2: and the defenders up off the ground so that he could pull his legs out from underneath everybody. It, it was insane. Um. Yeah. That was a that was a crazy crazy little situation.
0: Okay. All right. So we got Buffalo, New England, Vegas, Cincy, Chargers. If you are throwing Juan Morris into the fire here. He's got a good defense still. Vegas has Max Crosby, but I don't know how much Max would. I mean, Max moves around a little bit. So, a little, but not a ton. A
3: yeah. Lot.
0: I, I, this year, he's
3: moving more.
2: He's you know, moving I, more. I just, at the end of the day, I watch the Chiefs chip on with Donovan Smith a ton. So, like, I just don't get I I don't see what you lose by having to still chip with Wanya Morris. And then you figure out if you have to go spend a first round pick on an offensive tackle or not. Like, now, have I seen enough now to say they probably don't have to? Yeah, like I think you could probably ride with what you've seen Morris going into next year as is. So, like, it's not even as much of a future thing. It's just uh, this offense needs something. You went, sign Zach Ertz, start one year Morris, run the ball more, 13 personnel every single snap. Done. Fix the offense.
0: Now routes to Rishi whenever they play soft coverage. All right. We yeah, got another, we, push we, push. yeah, we got another super chat. Let's get in there. Any second, Tucker. I got oh, you. Thanks.
4: Okay.
2: You can read it, though.
0: Oh, by the way, all these are going to the KCSN Foundation. By the way, so when you guys do drop these in, they they're not going to us; they're going to KCSN Foundation. Uh, Bourbon for president. It seems like the people who have done the best in Reed's offenses were Tyreek and Kelsey, who in a sense ran their own routes and had, or had freak speed. So, who's a wide receiver that knew and uh, that knew and thrived in Reed's offense? Without those attributes,
3: because Deshaun Jackson comes to mind, but. That made run. So, yeah.
2: Juju Smith Schuster, right? I, yeah. I mean, Juju Smith Schuster and Jeremy Macklin are the other two. Yeah. And, yeah. What are those two guys? Like good route runners with really good, like detail and nuance to the routes that found space Correct. and zone. I know, yes, Macklin could run. By the time he hit the NFL after some of the knee injuries, like he couldn't run the same as he did in college, but like he could still run at the NFL. Not better than Juju. But like still, he won, especially when he got to the Chiefs. By Being a, a technician and nuanced in his routes, like, just like Juju did. It's like there's clearly guys that have won by being detail oriented, by being, you know, running nuanced routes. Now, you can you roll that forward to Mahomes when I think the offense has changed a little bit. It's got even more free flowing since Mahomes has taken over. And yeah, you're looking at Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. But the thing is, Travis Kelsey. Probably ran some of the best routes in the NFL for the past four years up until now. Like, it doesn't matter the position. He probably was the, one of the best route runners in the entire NFL. Whether it's a called route or him like ad-libbing on the go, Tyree kill freakish speed. It doesn't matter if he runs the perfect route or not. He's still going to be open. So like, it and, goes everywhere.
0: And like, I think another piece with like the whole Andy offense thing is is like, yes, like when the Chiefs are in a true drop back offense, they can have some of the most complex difficult things to navigate however they also have the deepest bag of any team in the NFL and Andy's got all kinds of things that they're not going to necessarily have to think as much and they're going to go exploit the strengths of his players and they're going to have easy screen concepts and trick plays and all kinds of stuff for them to get into as well um I don't know just another thing I'm thinking about here it's like you know Tyreek Hill they were able to get him the ball without him having to think at all and just go be fast. And I, that's not, it sounds like I'm criticizing Tyreek, but it's just like, no. I'm just saying like this, I mean, like they stood up and threw the ball to Rasheed Rice like six times last night because they were just playing off and soft coverage and he had caught the ball and just made a play afterwards. So I don't know. They And the only, the only other wide receiver
3: that Andy Reid's really had that performed at a crazy high level was Terrell Owens who was do, do, do you want to talk about freak just ha- Hall of Famer <laughs> Hall of Famer <laughs> who was who was 31 when the Eagles got him and was a multiple time all pro was still playing at a very high level so like basically what we need is to find an all pro level wide receiver Ooh. with freak speed and ability that is available to the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's go pick one of those off of the uh, receiver tree.
2: This is perfect. Marvin Harrison Jr. is in this draft class.
3: No, 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 no. He, he's not available to the Kansas City Chiefs.
2: Roma Dunze is in this draft class. No, no, he's not available to the Kansas Malik City Chiefs. Malik Neighbors is in this draft class.
3: No, 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 no. Probably
2: no, no, no. Is not available <laughs> to the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> I tried. Mike Evans. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey. Multiple time All-Pro in his
3: 30s. Hey, he could be the new T.O. Boy, I'm, new
0: confidence has good this year, guys. <laughs> Tell them you knew that.
2: I love that we have spent 45 minutes you know, talking, but essentially saying, How do we fix the broken offense when the defense is essentially what lost us this game?
0: Right? Yeah. The I defense did done. not lose them this I mean, game. I'm okay. not getting mad. I, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Ooh, it's, it's still the, on the offense. I'm still blaming the, the offense. The
3: efficiency was better than the defensive efficiency for the first time this year. That was just the case. Their success rate was better than the defensive success rate, and I understand that. But I also think, and I think I don't remember which one of you said it earlier on. I don't think any of us expect that Spags is going to come out next week and it's going to be anything less than what we have seen throughout the course of the Mike. rest of the year. Well, Who's just, playing Mike? Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton's playing Mike. It sounds yeah, like have, we had to uh, hold him
2: back it won't last be as good week. as it's been, but there's a chance.
3: No, he. It, it's going to be good. He, they're going to be able to run the full complement of plays. Mike Edwards with a full week to get used to playing the starting role. And by the way, thank uh, God Brian Cook doesn't have a yeah. broken ankle. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens with ligaments and stuff like that. But thank well, that God. That ankle doesn't. was backwards. It was backwards. It was bad. But they are going to come in a lot more prepared. It's in Arrowhead it's not going to be on a field that Trent McDuffie is going to be ice skating on throughout the entire rest of the game. I, I, it's going to be a
2: better defense. off the show. Do we think Trent McDuffie just hates longer spikes? I this don't isn't know. the first time this has happened. This isn't the first time the man has functionally been unable to run on a football field with mm-hmm. cold weather or whatever. Like, Does he just refuse to put on longer spikes?
3: I did. And the only reason that we're really dwelling on it is because it's happened multiple times and there was a report that yeah. Steve Spagnolo hates Lambeau Field. <laughs> basically it hates playing on it because there's no good spike link that everybody's comfortable with.
2: Packers Packers, you know, fans, you know, that we know that cover the team say like every team comes in there and says to use the wrong length of spikes. Every single one comes in and says, We're gonna use, you know, the medium version or something like that. And like they, they, apparently that is always wrong. Like they are teams never get it right when they go there. And just seeing Tripp McDuffie fall a bunch, and this isn't the first time in bad weather that he has fell a bunch, I just wonder if he's a guy that has a comfort level of spikes with the way he moves to where long spikes mess him up. Or is he in long spikes, not getting them out of the ground and it's making him trip? Or is Uh, he slipping? I I don't know. It's just, it's funny that he trips
0: a lot in bad weather. Bad fields. I want to get back to something really quick. Okay. On Jack Cocker. Andy Reid today on him. He rotates in during the practice week. I thought he did a decent job in there. He made a couple (laughs) nice plays for us. Yeah, he used the word decent. That's uh, a for Andy. Oh, no. Yeah. That's, That's a burial. Praise. Yeah. Uh, and then he followed up with a fast recovery for Drew. <laughs> we hope <laughs> it was a good experience for Jack to get in there and get some play so, time. Jack is not just Jesus. a throw in there, he does a pretty good job. What did Jack do to Andy? That is amazing. <laughs> we,
2: we have gone all year with Skymore doing whatever the hell he does <laughs> on the football field. And they have nothing but defend him. Jack Cochran comes in on short notice because of an injury. Third string. Third string Mike. It does fine. There's clearly Uh, some issues with communication. There's clearly some issues with communication. But by and large, he does fine. He does as good as any third string Mike linebacker calling an NFL game for the first time in his life will ever do. And he gets up at the presser and essentially just says, Nah, that dude sucks. And Sky and MBS still play for this
0: team Insan- weekly and get defended. That's insane. Do you? Like, and this is where I like. I just wonder how much the play, you know, the I. I don't have like these big sweeping concerns about the defense. And I understand why you guys are frustrated with the defense in this game. I don't know how much Jack Cochran's decency, um, really hurt this team's ability to call what they wanted to call. But also his decency did though in situations like this this is when the Chiefs have been able to rise up and put points on the board and play complimentary football, and the Chiefs simply do not have that whatsoever. Listen, I do want to say yes,
3: because I agree with that, and that's been the case every year of the Mahomes era. They, that's not new to this year. They, they really struggle to play complimentary football before January. Like, that's when it seems to click, and that's when they seem to click in with all of that. We're just not used to seeing the reverse now, where the defense is playing well, and then all of a sudden the offense has a pretty efficient start to the game, and the defense just doesn't. It's it just not at all their worst first half of the season from a success rate standpoint. Like, it, it sucks that they just can't get on the same page regularly. But, I mean... Yeah, I I was sitting there at halftime after the end of that first half going, I feel like the Chiefs defense is going to turn it around. Like I did. Uh, It it felt like that last drive is like, I feel like they're going to turn it around. Wasn't perfect in the second half, but it was much improved. Mm -hmm. And so I I think that that's where I keep coming back to. They've earned enough goodwill now to where some rough starts and things like that. Rough start against the Raiders, rough start now you know, up against the Green Bay Packers. I'm starting to look at it and go, Okay. I I feel like they're going to get it fixed, much like I did
0: with the offense in previous years. Well, and, and Jack Cochran, again, did a decent job. So <laughs> I can't believe Andy <laughs> is the one that. Decent. I can't believe it, man. It did. got worse, though. It got
2: worse. Like, yeah, that's that's, ins- <laughs> ins- that's <laughs> as bad about his. Us- that is about as bad as Andy will talk down on a player. And, like, I get it. The, the Chiefs clearly had some miscommunication stuff. They clearly had to call basic plays. But, like, I've seen Andy defend some of the most heinous football in the world. And to come out here and say that that guy played decent is crazy. Um, I, I agree. I don't have concerns the defense will get back on track. I will say this we got a couple weeks in a row now where Justin Reed has been a problem. Yeah. A problem. Like, and it, it's kind of been that way all year, but all year it's been in spurts. And we've talked about it. It's been in spurts. It's been a drive here that led to points. It's been a drive there that led to points where he got beat multiple times. It kind of seemed like this entire game he was getting beat. We we want to go back to that random, you know, heave-ho by Jordan Love that fell in between three guys. The more I watch it, I don't know what Justin Reed's doing. Yeah. He's backside on this play of three by one. The running back doesn't release. There's one receiver on his side of the field and he gets held on the opposite hash despite the wide receiver never... Pressuring him to his side, he's just late. He's just unbelievably late reacting. And like, I think everyone wanted to blame Mike Edwards. Mike Edwards had to carry another vertical flip around. Like Jordan Love didn't make that bad of a decision or throw on that play. To be honest, based on how four and played. two, that's four and two. But I mean, like, even with th- even where he threw and stuff, like Reed's late. Reed's late. That's a good throw. Like that's a good decision to throw that ball there because Reed's late. And I don't know why he's late. He's late for no reason whatsoever. This just we're starting to stack up some plays now where Justin Reed just seems to be the the guy involved in the most miscommunications, the guy involved in the most late rotations. That's not ideal from the safety that is making the most money on your team, and it's getting worse as the year goes on.
3: And again, he he has had really good moments this year. I don't I Correct. don't want to minimize those really good moments, but it's the enforcer. It, he is. It just yeah. reminds me of training camp. When all the DBs were praising Brian Cook, he he's calling the place. He's calling everything out. He's doing some of that. Brian Cook goes down. Secondary looks the most lost that they have all year. Granted, they were not looking like, especially on the same page before he went out. But there are things there that are correlated. And, you know, Brian Cook, I think, might end up being one of those guys that ends up a very important figure
0: for the cohesiveness of the secondary. We'll see. We'll see in the coming weeks here. That quote, by the way, was from Charles Goldman, our friend. Uh just wanted to make sure to give him credit for that. Big Charles fan. Uh, do you guys want to do sticker slaps and spirits on a loss? Or do we just like not?
2: Yeah. No, I think you do, do them. Guys still played. Like they still went out there and busted their ass, Kent. Why are you trying
0: to downplay what these with what these men did? stickers slaps in spirit time here uh if you want to leave a game ball leave comments in the in the chat section please uh we'll we'll throw one out there uh I'm gonna give a helmet sticker to the number zero that's zero drops for the Kansas City Chiefs and zero fumbles for the Kansas City Chiefs I believe on the game so uh, Craig looked dubious I was just I was just scanning my brain for drops that's all yeah, <laughs> I, I, or could, the I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I no, not the fumbles. I got that. You know, it was a close one, but uh, I mean, you want to talk about improvement? Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's go. Number zero. They scored hey, nine, so that I, see, I see why kid didn't want to do this segment now <laughs> because he led with the number zero. <laughs> 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 Whoa, <man. laughs> Uh, butt slapping a good job, Matthew. Uh, this is is not a loaded field. Um, I just did it. I just gave it to a number. Some would argue it's not a number.
2: You know what? I'm, I'm, it it belongs to Isaiah Pacheco, but I'm giving it to Patrick Mahomes because he's still going to get beat over the head for this loss and it's not his fault. He played a really good game yet again and people are going to continue to come at him sideways, saying that he's the one that's like making these mistakes and stuff like that. I just, you gotta miss me with that kind of stuff. Like you gotta go back and watch this game. There's nothing there. I mean, Collinsworth, who I don't want to say is anti Chiefs, but he's definitely not one of the announcers that is very pro Chiefs, is sitting
0: there. <laughs> he tried to get Jawan Taylor fired
2: after every negative play. He's like, yeah, and no one's open, and they show it, and it's just a bunch of hitch routes with guys getting worn like backpacks, and like. So like yeah, Patrick Mahomes I think did the absolute best with what they could. He has somehow helped this offense. I don't want to say functional, but be functional adjacent the past two weeks. Even though they're only throwing screens, he made a couple of amazing throws on broken down plays. Craig and I talked about it in the Discord during the game and on the post game. They could they took negative plays and completed first downs on them, and it was all Patrick Mahomes. It was all Patrick Mahomes and the Packers for getting Travis Kelsey existed. I don't want to let that go. We <laughs> do that a lot. How do teams do that? Oh, like, two teams have done it. Two teams. That's multiple. I said teams,
0: plural. That's two teams do that. Uh, Joe Barry. No, can I just pause real yeah. quick? Go for it. <laughs> Joe Barry. What's to bed at 7 p.m. Joe Barry let Isaiah Pacheco run all over him. He let Travis Kelsey wide open in the intermediate area of the field. And he let Rasheed Rice catch eight passes by just playing – Ten yards off. He let their three best players have a lot of production in that game. I'll just and allowed nineteen points. Exactly. I'm just saying, like they they let the best players do what they do, and, and it didn't matter. Whole ass bottle
3: bourbon for me. <laughs> the No, whole-ass bottle of bourbon for me. I I was going to think Chris Jones, I think he had a very quiet uh, six. I I had him at six pressures. I believe PFF had him at seven pressures on the day. I think we were also kind of scarred by the defensive line's lack of penetration and lack of pressure in the first half that when they started getting home in the second half, Jordan Love was really confused. He he was having a hard time and was having to throw some stuff away. I was going to do Chris Jones. But after hearing the way that Andy Reid talked about Jack Cochrane, my whole ass bottle of bourbon is going to Jack Cochrane. He played fine. He was good. I think He's it's just best. Cochrane. Well, it's not third linebacker that I have seen play for the Kansas City Chiefs since Steve Spagnuolo got here. And I'm sorry that Andy Reid said that to you like that, my friend. Have Is a it a good bottle summer. or a
2: decent bottle? <laughs> 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 Do you hope your other bottle gets back soon for a quick, a quick return for a good bottle? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. Send us home, kid. Let's get the hell out of here. Isaiah yeah. Pacheco <laughs> no, gets the game ball from the chat and. I <laughs> Jack Cochran catches another stray. Rain. That's going to do it for the KC Laboratory. Thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate you. We love you. We'll catch you later. <laughs> I also like Thick Clyde. He runs better.
5: <laughs> Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day,